So we welcome back onto the podcast, the one and only Mr. T Rave <laughs> in the house with AJ. By the way, didn't we just do this in January? Oh, well, <laughs> this, was it? this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, it was so, so quickly. Yes. Because <laughs> right, I've been doing all these preview shows with guys, and I'm like, yeah, we just talked in January about last season, and now we're talking about this season starting again. It's very, it's good. I mean, it's a return to quote unquote normal, but it's just, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, in a, in a weird, what happened in the last two years kind of way. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Like the bubble popped <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you are evidently Mr. Sharks audio network now guy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're doing some really great stuff and, uh, they've, they've had me, we started off small, right? Like we did morning tide. And Dan had been producing stuff. And so now they are just trying to do more and more and more. So the Sharks, you know, they had me doing that stuff. And they said, you know, do you, you know, can you do more? And, you know, can you help us produce more content? You know, not just you. Because believe it or not, AJ, people don't want to listen to just me. And I was like, yes, that's fine. I was like, I'll gladly help. <laughs> you know, I'll edit audio. We'll record stuff together. And so... Um, the idea is to have much more expansion this year. We just launched the Drew Remenda show. If who? you saw the, yeah, I know who <laughs> I, I like to tell people that I'm actually Drew Remenda from the past. I discovered a time machine and I'm here now in a beard just to try and throw off the timeline. Um, but so Drew Remenda's podcast, we just launched the other day. We're going to be doing things with him probably about every two weeks or twice a month, something to that effect. Um, we just did our season preview. We just did our um, our division previews coming out tomorrow, and then we are going to try and do you know more of you know as often as we can more extended pregame, more extended postgame. We're working on a Randy podcast. We are working on some other stuff. Hopefully that I, I can't yet speak about, but we're trying to expand things and bring it out because. And I don't know if you saw Brody's um, YouTube the other day talking about why, you know, sports talk doesn't do anything on the Sharks. Did you, am I, yeah. I don't know if you saw it. Um, no, he he gave me a heads up on that because that's something that I'm sure like me, you, Brody yeah. have discussed ad nauseum over the last decade or so. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, he's not wrong. Like I, my take is a little bit different than his, but everything that he pointed out is not wrong. But as you know, because you get really good numbers and I know people who listen to your podcast and watch your YouTubes and stuff, you know, there's, there's, there's a void to fill like yeah. people, you know, they, they want it. So we're trying to, you know, give them more and more content and just try and, you know, build it in the right direction. And, you know, there's, like I said, there's, there's stuff coming on the horizon still. And then Dan's doing his teal report every day, his instant replay, his, where are they now? Uh, Sharks hockey digest. And then we've got the Barracuda and everything Nick Nolenberger is doing. Have you talked to Nick before? Forgive my ignorance. Yeah, I, no, absolutely. No, we do a thing with it. We try to get him on at least uh, twice a month to with the with the show that we nice. kind of have going called In the Reef, where we okay. talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah, we try to get Nick on here and, and find out what's going on with the baby sharks and yeah. uh, at least get an idea of what's going on, who's doing well, who could do better, and just yeah, what's going yeah. on with the team. Absolutely. Yeah, so we've got all, you know, the stuff he's doing, the um, just there's there's a multitude of shows that he's doing and the broadcasts for both the Sharks and the uh, and the Barracuda. 
And so, and he just put out his season preview the day before yesterday. So that was exciting to get that up out there. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we're trying to fill the void, like, you know, as, as you well know, and <laughs> I wish that more, I'm like AJ was, or not AJ, Brody, if you'll recall, comma AJ, as I try to recapture the <laughs> English language, um, he was talking about how, you know, maybe the hosts in the Bay Area don't have the bandwidth to cover the Sharks, but like, I kind of, and I, he's probably right to an extent, but I'm like, I you know call what? bullshit. Like, I call I, bullshit. Well, but he's right to an extent because you have to specialize in the 49ers, the Warriors, and the Giants. But, and it could be because I'm insane, but I always <laughs> felt like I was able to stay up on everything when I needed to. I mean, now I don't I don't follow the Raiders as closely anymore because they're in Vegas. Oh. Um, although I can't walk out the front door lately without getting the latest Raider news for a <laughs> n- number of reasons. Um, but, you know... It's worked out well for the Sharks Network stuff, but the thing is, is like, what what I'm hoping the Sharks Network does, the Sharks Audio Network, is that it shows sports talk like, oh yeah, there is a market for this. People are listening to this. You know, it's just, it's it gets, you get frustrated, obviously, because you want people to talk about the Sharks, but it's opened up opportunity for people like you and me. So it's a good well- <laughs> See, and that's the funny part is that it's like I've been talking sharks with you since the 1050 days yeah. so many years ago uh, when it was literally us and another show, another podcast called Dudes on Hockey. Mm-hmm. And that was that was it, you know, when it came in again, it was you would be on 1050. You'd get the occasional um, appearance from Remenda with Tolbert. Yeah, you know, in the afternoon, and and that was appointment radio, without a oh, doubt. Yeah, uh, I mean that that was a blast to listen to. But then you know there'd be other times that somebody would try to call up Radnich and be like, "Hey, what about the shirts?" Nobody cares, you know. And it was just like, well, there's some people who do. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's the thing is like the it's this weird dynamic in radio where because I still work in radio and they're very aware that KCBS uh, that you know the South Bay. You know, there's a there's a huge amount of listeners there. But for sports talk, that doesn't seem to get through. And KCBS is news, so it's a little bit different. But, you know, KCBS understands, like, hey, the South Bay, that's the most, you know, that's where most of the people in the Bay Area live. There's more people there than San Francisco. But for sports talk, it's Warriors, 49ers, and Giants. And, you know, you just change the order on which team is doing the best or is the most dynamic. And well, and I get that because yeah. they're the ones that pull. You look at the TV ratings, you know, like that's what pulls the ratings. I understand that, but it's it's that idea of I don't know how many times we saw we saw like ninety five seven try to launch like a sharks centric segment. Well, you know, like I remember at one point they were going to do tank talk every Thursday from four thirty to five, and it lasted three weeks. you know and so i just go back to that time where it's like i used to call you up on 1050 because like you were literally the only one who would talk a little hot little pocket i will defend ryan covey ryan covey is a sharks fan and he would talk sharks hockey so he's he's the other one (laughs) well from what i understand if you get if if you can get bruce talking a little blackhawks he'll talk your ear off <laughs> yeah, but that's you know that that's that's a little bit different because then it, when when me and Damon used to talk about that, he it would be there was Blackhawks superiority complex. True that. 
So uh, yeah, I'll give you that. And I'm yeah, Damon. Yeah. I'm teasing. I love you, but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's part of the dynamic. But we're you know we're really excited about what we're doing with the audio network, and I you know just to be able to be part of trying to build something like this, especially with the way the audience is changing and the way that like when we talk about this, I always go back to like yeah, the Giants, the Warriors, and the 49ers are the three oldest teams. And so they had more generations to build those fan bases. But you know who's also gaining more generations of fan bases? The San Jose Sharks. Like, like every generation, you're going to get another. Like, like my kids, they have the hockey cards. They watch Sharks games. They're seven and five. Because they have those hockey games and they have that, or hockey cards, and they have that sponge brain, a commercial will come on. And like my seven-year-old, he'll be like, Oh, you know, dad, did you know that Mark Stone on such and such date did this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, is that from your card? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I, I, my brain isn't that, isn't that spongy at this point. But, you know, I'm raising a generation of Sharks fans. So it's, you know, that's going to be more and more of the dynamic going forward. There's going to be more and more people that grew up watching the Sharks. They're going to have children that grew up watching the Sharks that will thusly I'm not sure if you're too familiar with human procreation, AJ, but we tend to, you know, pass things down to the next generation. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> well, I know, like I said, I mean, we started this whole thing, I don't know, six ish years ago mm -hmm. or something, because we were quite frankly, uh, just, you know, disgusted with the lack of, of talk that was on there. And I understand there's a lot of people that will throw out the whole chicken and the egg going, well, we don't talk sharks because no one calls in about it. Well, maybe no one calls in about it because you don't talk about it. And we yeah. can just go into a spiral, but there would be times where you would try to call and it would just, nah, what are you going to do? So we started this. And the funny thing is, like I said, when we started, it was like, we were the first video cast for, for sharks, you know, doing the, and then we always had that mantra for the fans by the fans. And now there's like 27 different sharks podcasts now, <laughs> which I get a huge kick out of. I, I'm just waiting. You were talking about a round table earlier where it's like, you know, get, uh, you know, get a, a Hetty or a Drew or a Rusey or something like that. Get them going. And it's like, I'm waiting for the, uh, for the sharks podcast round table. <laughs> yeah. We could all sit down and do it and just give hot takes left and right. Oh, absolutely. It would be fun. We, we actually, I, you know, I might, I might have to float that idea or you might have to, you, you might have to organize and one of us has to do something with this. <laughs> well, you're talking about some of this content. Here's one for you. How about, uh, you, you can even, uh, gr grab a little Willie Nelson, throw a little on the road again in the, in the background as your music bed. But how about road stories from Ramenda and Han all the time that they were together traveling <laughs> on the road. Cause I will tell you one of my all time favorite Ramenda stories that he's told was, and, and this is, you know, again, this is going to be the whole thing about how spongy your mind is. Uh, <laughs> do you remember in Vancouver, Nabokov scoring a power play goal? They, somebody tweeted out a, something about that the other day and it jogged my memory. There were, oh, this was actually mentioned recently. Is this oh, why no. you're referencing it? or no, I don't think so. It may have been Reddit. It's often Reddit of why, you know, when you're doom scrolling and somebody <laughs> mentions something later, and I'm like, why do I, like somebody mentioned that the other day, and I can't figure out if it was Twitter or if it was Instagram. It might have been 
It might have been Rusinowski in a meeting because he was going over stats and he complained that there weren't goalie stats. He may have been the one that referenced that. Well, that that guy is a stat machine. Oh, uh, dude, Ruzi is yeah. uh, he he's incredible. I but, do not. I do, but anyway, continue. Sorry. <laughs> no. So the thing being is that Drew's story is that if you go back and listen to that clip, if you put you know Nabokov goal in YouTube, Drew just walks all over the call. It's like, you know, it's like he's coming in and, and, you know, Navi snaps the stick and Drew's like, Oh my God, he's got it. Blah, blah, blah. And evidently ever since then, anytime there's some sort of thing, it's, it, you know, it's at a Bay area Emmys thing. It's Nabokov being inducted to the Bay area hall of fame. And every time they show that goal and all you hear is Drew's voice. And from what I understand, Randy just gives him the horse eye. Just <laughs> you walked on my moment. So Ugh. that's why I'm thinking it would be great to just have, I mean, cause those guys were together for what? 12, 13 seasons or whatever. Yeah. Just, just count hear, the Emmys. That'll give you a good idea. Right. Just to hear that. Cause I will tell you one of, uh, one of my favorite Drew stories and it's, it's not Randy related, but I mean, Drew should write a book for Christ's sake. I, I agree. <laughs> he talked about, you know, it's, uh, his, his con, we all know his contract wasn't renewed after 14 and, uh, Todd McClellan went on to coach the Edmonton Oilers. Mm -hmm. He ended up working with the Edmonton Oilers. So evidently they were coming back from some road trip and it's, you know, one 30 in the morning in Edmonton in December. Uh, you can imagine the weather. Yes, and, I can. And I try not to. <laughs> yeah. They're evidently outside the, 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 the charter waiting for their luggage in just you know biting cold and he just looks over at mcclellan and goes yeah these are the days i san jose was better <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i mean that's i know people talk about the california taxes but i think in moments like that you're like you know what give me that tax rate anytime yeah. anytime i don't i don't know how people do it like i am Ugh. soft i am california soft aj i, I believe you are too uh, but I, I don't know how people do. I mean, listen, I love Canada and I, you know, I've been lucky enough to go to Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto with the earthquakes. They're three of the most incredible cities I've ever been to. Absolutely adore it. But I'm in there when it's not winter. Yeah. And the, you know, and I got, you know, Vancouver doesn't get too cold, but Toronto does and Montreal does. Uh, so, and you know, you talk about Edmonton, which in the summer in the oil fields, it gets pretty hot, yeah. but in the winter, Conversely, it gets pretty cold. <laughs> Just a scotch. Just a scotch. Yes. Excellent so, scotch usage, by the way. <laughs> so here's my thing with, uh, with the Sharks Audio Network. This is my complaint, if you will. This is sure. a, it's, it's like, uh, I would like to speak to your manager. Um, when I go on to the Sharks Audio app. Yes. I look at the, uh, like I looked at the website today and there's just only a handful. There's some, there's a few morning tides. I uh, know. And that, that is something we are actively working on actually. the library. Yes. Yes. The library. We are working on getting that all available there because it is, let me break it down for everybody. The stuff that's sharks game day related is under sharks game day podcasts. Almost everything else except for morning tide comes out under sharks hockey digest. Okay. And then morning tide comes out under morning tide. Like if you go to, if you go to iTunes or the podcast app, if you search sharks, hockey digest right now, you will come up with 
San Jose Sharks 2020. I'm, I'm on it right now, literally. The 2021-22 <laughs> San Jose Sharks season preview. Yep. SAP-centered. The Drew Remenda Show. Sharks Development Camp Roundup. My Hockey Love Story. Things like that. If you go, So to you're sh- saying that you can go and listen to each one of those directly through Apple Podcasts? Correct. And Spotify and Google. Okay. And so then if you go to... That's, that's my Sharks, issue. Yeah, is, that's Sharks Hockey Digest. But what, yes, continue your, your issue. Well, I was going to say, so my issue is, like, I appreciate that that's all on, uh, that it's segmented on Apple Podcasts yeah. or whatever other platforms that are available. Uh, but my whole thing is that if they want to run everything through the Sharks, S, you know, the SAP Sharks app, yes, there needs to be that, you know, access availability there for the library because... I had a couple of friends hit me up. And they're like, dude, I heard that like Drew Remenda was on the, on sharks audio. I don't know where the hell to find it. I go onto the app and, and, and it, they're playing, it, uh, they're playing a replay of a Vancouver San Jose game from should, 1996. It should be on the, <laughs> it should be on the app though. Cause this is it on the app right now. But is it playing live right now? Is that what it is? It's or- not playing live right now, but if you go to audio and you scroll down, all right, hold on. There's, I'm going to play with you. Yeah, there's an audio button and there's a live button. Right, if you right. click on audio. All right, I'm touching it. I'm, I've got two. Oh, <laughs> Dude, this I is see, so funny. You have, no, you have no idea. I am so well-versed in what you're bringing up. Oh, so, this is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So now I'm hitting audio and it's oh, season preview. Return to SAP Center. Drew Remenda Show. Okay, this is exactly what I was talking about. So yeah, I feel better now. Okay, <laughs> I feel better now. because. But, you're, but see this, AJ, this validates your instincts because you're right. This was yeah. something we've been rectifying. Because it wasn't all Perfect. available there, and we've been doing it on the app, and we're trying to work on it on the web page because we know it's not just the live stream, and not everybody knows about um, all the different areas you can get on Apple and or I, you know, I Apple Podcasts and Google, Spotify, etc. Um, and the app is the best way to get it on there. But yeah, I mean, you're you're right. That's I mean that that was something that we've been working on is to make sure everybody has the ability to get all this stuff right when it comes out. Yeah, cool. Because we, you know, we live in a TiVo world, right? Where it's just Dude. like, I just want my content, and I yeah. want it right now, and that's what I want. Totally know? legit. And listen, that's, I mean, that's why, I mean, I never, except for sports, I watch nothing else when it actually airs. It, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Like when I'm when I'm watching Anderson Cooper, it's not when it's live. <laughs> when I when I am when I am watching, I'm trying to think what else. No, Seth Myers or something, or yeah, I mean, whatever it is, it's gonna be. It's never gonna be. Because if I, well, if I'm up that late, it's going to be uh, probably, I, you've seen me tweet about it before. It's when I go back and I wa- re-watch the Sharks replay and I try to see uh, if it comes out any different the second watching. <laughs> well, it's the, you know, it's it's the, uh, what? It's the Ted Lasso mentality or whatever. It's just I like, haven't seen that yet. You have not seen a I, single episode? Let me defend myself. All right, all right. Let me, and well, this, okay, you're like, I'm a father. I, well, no, 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 it's not, it's not even that. No, you know, a kid's like, hey, go play in the basement. Daddy's got to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, no, my main TV watching time was when I would travel with the earthquakes. I haven't gone on a road trip with the earthquakes since October of 2019 because of the pandemic. It used to be I would sit on the airplanes, I'd whip out my iPad, and I would watch TV. And that's how I watch Game of Thrones. That's how I watch Mad Men. That's how... <laughs> you know, I watch everything and I'm, I'm two years behind on television. I literally haven't seen anything. And I, I am hoping that it's some, I mean, the, the plan is to resume traveling when we get a little bit better into the pandemic next year. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was my main TV watching time. 
So oh, you, I you, know you'll you'll love you some Ted Lasso. I know that's and I like the name in the show as well. This is right. one way there there are not enough good Ted's out there. There's like me. <laughs> there's like Ted Danson. There's Ted Kennedy, which is a little iffy. <laughs> but then like you got like your 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 Ted Kaczynski's not a good Ted. Ted Bundy not a good Ted. Teddy Teddy Ruxpin, dude. I was seven years old and that came out. Do you understand how often I was talking to Brody about this the other day? I was like, I hate Teddy Ruxpin. I was like, I got called Teddy Ruxpin from the age seven oh to probably God. 10. People still bring it up today. And I'm like that goddamn bear. Goddamn <laughs> well, bear. I mean, you talk about the, the quintessential bear, Seth MacFarlane's Ted. Yes. That's, 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 that, that's a better one. Yeah. I, I did appreciate that. That's a fun. I haven't seen the second one, but the first one was damn funny. Oh, uh, see, I actually appreciated the second one more. Really? Okay, yeah. I got to see it. Yeah, one of the few times where I thought the sequel was better than the original. Okay. Uh, I thought so, the first one was very funny, though. Oh, I uh, loved it. Loved it. Uh, <laughs> but so, love the fact that, uh, that okay, so that was my big thing, was the that kind of library repo mm -hmm. repository access that's, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, NHL Network on Sirius, so I can oh, sit yeah. there and go. Me too. Get, you know, it's like, I'm... I'm busy in the mornings doing work or whatever, but then it comes uh, like two o'clock the load lightens a little bit. And it's like, Oh, what did, you know, boomer and Han say earlier, I can just yeah. dial right into it. Especially if someone's going to be on like a Rusinowski or a Kevin Kurz or someone like that. Oh, they're yeah. talking specifically about sharks dial right into it. So love the fact that that is coming about. Love the fact that, uh, so Apple podcasts, this, so are we going to get this all under one umbrella? Because it sounded like earlier you were talking that it was kind of convoluted where it's like where there's this version, there's this version. No, what it is is like the stuff that's related to Sharks game day, like Dan's Teal Report and his instant replay, um, that's under Sharks game day. So it's so people don't have to subscribe to a lot of different podcasts, essentially. They just have to subscribe to one? Yeah. There and then go. it go, And then it goes out under that. The other one, though, is Sharks Digest, which is everything else that's not game day related. Gotcha. And then the other one is Morning Tide. That one has an individual podcast release as well. So I got to subscribe to three things. It's yeah, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> okay. Or you can go to the app and it'll be it'll all be there. There you go. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Okay. <laughs> See, I think we've I think we've kind of uncovered, we pulled the rock over and we we figured this out. Yeah. No, That's but no, I mean it's that was one of the things that we were we were working with over the summer was to try and figure these things out and try and figure out where we were where we had gaps, where we weren't coming through. And that was one of them. It was like, we need to make sure this is there on the app for people to get to because I mean, people just they need they need a a simple way. I mean, listen, I know everybody is very well capable enough of going out and find these things nobody wants to have to go find anything they well, want it it's, dude, i'm the exact same way i'm like what is the easiest way for me to get what i'm looking for which is why i subscribe to sirius because that's where i could get hockey talk <laughs> thank you no that's i mean but i see that all the time that uh on social media you know if, whether facebook twitter reddit whatever sometimes i'll see questions you know, put out on those platforms. And I'm going, you know, like, dude, we talked about this like six months ago, where have you been? You know, but <laughs> then it, you have to roll the question back on yourself. Well, it's like, well, why weren't they aware that we talked about this six months ago? Yeah. You know, like maybe we didn't push this information enough. So I totally get that aspect yeah. of it. Um, 
But uh, so I think with all of that now, um, it's just so when uh, when is Teal Town USA added to the library? And then uh, <laughs> and uh, fans are back in stands. We've talked yeah. about this before. I don't know if you heard this earlier. We uh, we did, we had a chat with Randy Hahn. Yes, last I night. was. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah. And uh, he made the announcement that uh, Augie's, if you're familiar the Montreal Deli out of Berkeley, which is just chef's kiss. <laughs> uh, so coming to the tank. Now, I know that you and I talked about that. Once this pandemic shit was over, you and I were going to have pizza and a beer. Now, I think it's going to have to be Montreal Augie's Deli. And that's a fine. Yeah. yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, we're going to have fun. to make that happen. At a, at and can, can I plug a podcast that I'm doing? Absolutely. Cool. No, because the one we're doing that's very important for everybody. And I'm, I'm serious. I hate to get all like, hi, I'm going to talk about this. But. <laughs> With Mike McCarroll, who is the vice president of uh, fan experience or guest experience for the San Jose Sharks and SAP Center, mm -hmm. we did a thing about all the all the food options, all the new alcohol stuff, all the new things. But it, the podcast, it says SAP Centered Episode 2. If you go to your app right now, it's towards the top. But it goes over all the stuff about the, the Clear app. It talks about the COVID policies. It's like, and I, I don't know about you, but I this was a question I asked, and I felt like people are think Ted's joking i was like no i'm serious i was like how do you eat and drink at sap center if there's a mask mandate again i feel like i was like i'm not trying to be like cute i literally did not know and he was saying like yeah like you can take the mask out if you're you know drinking if you're eating it's if it's an active process you're allowed to do that and then you put the mask back on um but like i'm sure i'm not the only person who had questions like that right yep. so i would just encourage everybody who's going to come back to the tank are you going to be there on saturday night I'm actually out of town. I'm going to Reno for a concert that I've had tickets for since March of 2020. <laughs> this concert was supposed to happen May of 2020. What concert is it? Uh, okay, there we go. Let's <laughs> see if Teddy can pull this off. Let's, have you, let's see. Have you heard of a band called In This Moment? Uh, I have not. All right, we got someone sneaking in the background. That's that's my dad sneaking in the background. What yes. up, pops? That's the infamous Hal <laughs> Ramey. <laughs> but uh, no, it's a it's a band called. Oh, it's, in, it's AJ. <laughs> Sorry, Continue. it's a band called In This Moment. Uh, the only way I can describe them is if like Lady Gaga and Marilyn Manson got together. You referenced them before I last summer. Yeah, might we were have. And it may have been. Was this the second time it's been rescheduled? No, first time it's been rescheduled. Okay. I saw them at the Warfield. I want to say in like 2019. I want to say because you've you've definitely referenced them before to me. So yeah, very theatrical, well, it, very heavy, but uh, but also very melodic. But they put on nice. one hell of a show. Good deal. I uh, I was about to say there there. You know, my brother lives at least part of the year in Reno. Oh no, kidding. He does the Nevada Wolf Pack. He does their football and basketball play by play. Oh, fantastic! See that. And, and the funny thing is, is that they actually just played at the, at the beginning, I think it was October 3rd. They just played at the Warfield. This is part <laughs> of that same tour, but the, but it's like, but no, <laughs> initially when this whole thing was scheduled, they yeah. weren't playing there. Those dates were added. So I was just like, well, I already got tickets for this. And it kind of bums me out because look, I'm gonna, you know, it's going to be the first opening night I've missed in like a decade. Um, you know, we, we've talked with Jonathan Becker and Doug Bentz over the last couple of weeks that, you know, they're, they're slowly dripping out little, little nuggets about what to expect for opening night. There's going to be 
the San Pedro March down yeah. to the tank. There's going to be uh, chalk artists uh, happening on uh, what is now Barack Obama Boulevard, yeah. formerly Autumn Street. But there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff going on out there. So, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I'm a little bit bummed, but I went to the preseason game last Saturday against the the Golden Knights. Now, granted, I don't know that there was more than 3,000 people in the building, but the clear app, it's still very, like, you know, as long as you have it at the ready, just like you would with your tickets, you know, it's it's easy peasy. Yeah. Yeah. Super simple. So... Yeah, I look forward to it. And the, but when I was inside, I will say for the most part, when people were sitting at their seats, uh, man, maybe about 50-50 wearing the masks. But I did notice on the concourse, it was more like 80-20 people, you know, more, you know, about 80% yeah. was were wearing the mask. So, you know, look, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing that I do kind of worry <laughs> about, like how the whether it's the uh the warriors or the sharks because i don't know if you've noticed this but uh i mean last time i looked like san francisco giants were like i don't know best best team in the mlb for like four months straight yeah and right still you would see the game and this is an outdoor event and yeah you still saw a decent amount of empty seats so i you know is is just emphatic is sports fans are i think they're kind of like this is great, yeah. but yeah, you know. no, I mean, cause you know, my, my two kids haven't been to a, and been to a hockey game since, uh, what was it? It was president's day, 2020, right before the pandemic. Um, the sharks had a day game that day. Um, and they're, they're not old enough to be vaxxed. So, you know, my wife and I, it's like a conversation that we have ongoing about, you know, bringing them back. But like, you know, like if I understand where people are coming from, like, it's scary, yeah. man. Like, you know, we're, Listen, in California, we're doing much, much better than the rest of the country. But like, there's still almost like 2,000 people dying every day. Like, I go to the World Meters website and it does the the list. Like, yep. we're doing better in California, but like, rest of the country is not doing as well as we are in California. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, like, and I understand the the apprehension. Yeah, sports fans are known to travel. Yes, <laughs> so you just kind of, I understand yeah. the. And then, uh... But like, that's the thing is like it it's unfortunate that we're not at a place where everybody can feel like 100% comfortable. And I, I hope that we get back to that sooner rather than later. And I think the sharks are doing everything they can, but like, I'm not going to hold it against people. Cause they're, if they're like not there, cause like, I get it. Like <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a legit concern. Well, and, and I will say this though, for, for that game that I was at for, for the couple of the giants games that I've gone to over this last summer, mm-hmm. I will say, um, and maybe I've just been fortunate but the group that I've been surrounded by at all of these events over the last, I don't know, nine months or whatever, uh, just in amazingly respectful of personal space. And it's, it's just like, I've been just amazed by it. I just yeah. like, I, it's, it's just so nice because you see all these horror stories on social media and, That's- you know, yeah. I mean, that's bad news travels, man. I mean, yeah. like there, I think there's a lot of like great positive stories about humanity that have come out of the pandemic that people haven't focused on in the slightest because it's not as click worthy <laughs> as the horrible stories and people yelling at flight attendants, these just like degenerates. Yeah. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Like you just sit down, put on a mask and fly 
As Louis C.K. once said, like magic across the country <laughs> in a matter of hours, what used to take hours and kill people in a covered wagon or take take months, not hours, but, you know, it's like just, you know, that gets more clicks it's, as opposed see, to people who've done really awesome things. But that's is, the point yeah. is that, you know, it get like the bad news for some reason gets more clicks that that's one of the things that just drives me absolutely bonkers is living in this like kind of Yelp society where it's so much more fun i guess or easier to go and whine and bitch and complain about something yeah. than to offer praise yeah well i mean that's it's an avenue because people feel like they can be heard where maybe they haven't before so i get it i mean you know me and you are lucky though because we can go in front of a microphone and express ourselves not everybody has the ability to do that so you know really it feels like it because there's like two bajillion what was it greg wazinski the other day said we've reached the threshold there are now more nhl podcasts than there are nhl fans <laughs> that's awesome we have podcast overload <laughs> I, I will not forget from when he used to be puck daddy by the way Oh, Park Daddy. We'll see. Yeah. For all the shit that Skip Bayless catches, it's like, I remember when he was like writing for the Merc. Yeah. And on like KMBR and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Be, be, I, know, I know you've got TV you want to watch. I don't want to keep you from it. Oh, we're really? About, is the jersey giving it away? Yeah. Is it? Oh, um, <laughs> but I have to ask you because I always tell people I am not a scout. Shocker. Um, but I feel like I am good at eyeballing talents. And I feel like William Eklund, man, every time he's on the puck, it is exciting. <sighs> and I feel like it is very, very exciting to watch him play. And I, you know, he just turned 19, what, yesterday or the day before? Yeah, yeah, two days so, ago. So, I mean, I, I can't help but just every time he's on the puck, just think about how good he's going to be. I have you, I mean, you were at the, the preseason game. You saw that goal that he and Balsers contributed on. And yeah. it was, it was awesome. He's, uh, I mean, I know it's been said by, you know, whether it's Randy or Hetty or whoever, I mean, they've all said it. Everybody has, you look at him, it's, you know, smaller guy in stature. He's got to grow into that body, but he's been compared to like a Patrick Kane, who's slighter in stature. But when, when do you see Kane get hit? He, the yeah. guy's elusive. He's yeah. And Eklund's slippery. Yeah. He's slippery. What, what did Burns call him today? A gecko gecko. Or, yeah. You know, so <laughs> It's, you know, he, he's a slippery cat. If he can avoid those big hits at that slider stature, uh, it, it, I mean, I know that he's, I think he's like about five ten or something. Sidney Crosby's five eleven. Yeah. But you know, but he's a little, a little bigger, but it reminds me of the days of like a Alexander Coral. That guy was like five, nine, but that guy could stick handle in a phone booth when need be. <laughs> so if you, you know, if he has that, that just elusiveness, Boy, I just, I don't know how the Sharks are going to be able to look at that nine game threshold and go, yeah, we're going to send him back to Sweden. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if he continues on the path that he's had, because what he had like five points in six games. Yeah. And it, it might be more. Yeah, it uh, might be. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. But I, I mean, I just look at where he was in the development camp, which I went, I was at that. And then I got to see, I don't know, I was there in person. I've been in there in for all the games this preseason in person, he's literally getting better every single game. Yeah. And like the thing about him is you notice like his hip positioning, like his body will be turned one way, but his shoulders will be square. And like, when you see like Brent Burns is like that different type of player, yeah. but you look at his positioning, like there's some guys who just know how to play out there and they receive the puck in a way that puts them 
in the position to be a step or two ahead of the next play. And that's what I, like every time William Eklund has it, I'm like, I'm excited. Like that's the eye test to me is like, you feel like something's going to happen. And let's be honest, it has preseason. I'm a sports broadcaster. I excel at being wrong. That's my caveat. <laughs> However, my emotional reaction when watching him is that it's exciting and that's got to mean something. Well, it just, to me, I just think about it. I'm like, when was the last time you were this excited about a shark strap pick? I mean, Timo Meyer was pretty exciting, but you knew that it didn't happen this quickly. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. but Timo Meyer was maybe what? Uh, I don't know. 15, I don't have it in 16th. front of me. Yeah, I was going to say. I yeah. want to say in the teens. Yeah, but I mean, it's because the Sharks have been so successful for so long, they rarely afforded the opportunity to draft this high. Now, of course, everybody's going to sit there and go, <laughs> Tim Stutzler. <laughs> everybody's going to sit there and talk about that. Well. The one I, I mean, Patrick Marlowe, I mean, that's the one I got, I go to because yeah. I was, I was a freshman in high school when he got drafted and he first came up just turning 18. And for me, I was like, dude, this dude could be going to high school with me. This is insane. Right. So like that, that's the one. And I know that's not fair to compare to a generational talent like Patrick Marlowe, but that is kind of where my brain goes. <laughs> well, and to bring up Marlowe right now, it's like, you know, the, like there's a part of me that I sit there and go can't believe nobody's picked him up but then there's another part of me that just goes yeah but it's got to be a real small group because i mean let's be honest if if like arizona came a knock and he's going to be like uh where are you projected to end no no i'm good <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like i just don't see the teams that are like you know comfortably going to tell your your edmonton your colorado your tampa your florida i just don't know that those teams are going to sit there and go yeah, like loved everything you've done for the last 22 years of your career. But, you know, we, we have our own trajectory love that you took, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know, the record for games played That was fantastic. I just, I th have, we seen Marlowe play his last NHL game. I mean, it's and, and you think about it, his last NHL game was a six, nothing shutout against yeah. Vegas. Yeah. It was not uh, pretty. Um, I don't know. I mean, cause He's the type of guy who can go forever. You know, he's still an incredible skater. And you have to imagine injury or some situation will hit a team out there and they will say, you know, who's a professional yeah. who will be able to immediately come in and fall right in line is Patrick Marlowe. Not only a professional, but a guy who is like the not known for being injured. Yeah. And he's, yeah. He's not, and that's the thing is like, apparently they, they said that down the stretch yet last year, even though it was not reported on at the time that he was dealing with an ankle injury. So, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, every time you count out a guy like Patty Marlowe, he comes back and shows you that he's, you know, there's a reason why he has the Iron Man streak. There's a reason why he has the all-time games played record. Uh, I don't bet against greatness. It's just but, a bad move. But here's the thing that could bake your noodle is when did the, the all-time games played, when, when did Gordie Howe set that record? In the seventies, right? I, I'm not even sure. I'm asking you. Like, I don't know if it was late seventies, early eighties. I, I don't know. It wasn't the eighties. Are you sure? I it thought he played for it? like. I thought he played for like five God, decades. I know this is where it gets confusing. Yeah, I thought he played for like five decades. Although I may be confusing leagues outside well, of the NHL. You know what I mean? There's that. So I'm I'm gonna look at this right now. My instinct. Let's see. His. Like his last NHL game played. You know what I mean? His last, 
Oh, 79-80 with the Whalers. Okay, so 80. So it basically took 40 years for somebody, you know, that record stood for 40 plus years. Marlowe broke it. And as it stands right now, because of the game that was played, uh, and in fact, there is let me, let, let's take a look now. There is 11 and a half minutes left in this game, mm -hmm. but because of the game right now between the Penguins and the Panthers, Joe Jumbo. Thornton is yeah. now 99 games away from breaking a record that took someone else 40 years to break. And I mean, if you want to, if anything tells you how unbelievable it was to watch the Sharks for like 20 years, seeing Jumbo and Marlowe play together. I mean, that's, it's, it's just, it's, it's so, it's not just that they're hall of famers. It's that they were both physical specimens, un, literally unlike anything we've ever seen. And I don't think that's hyperbolic. No, based I on mean, the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Numbers wise. But that's the other thing that like, just makes you kind of stand back for a second is like, this is, this is like going to be like the first time in what, like 23 seasons that neither Marlowe or Thornton is a shark. Like, boy, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're talking what, like 97, 98, right? Yeah. To today. Yeah. So it's just like, could you imagine like there are fans out there that don't know the sharks without Marlowe and or Thornton, you know? Yeah. And well, I, they, you know, they came into the league before Mario Ferraro was born, I believe. I remember. Oh you know, yeah. I mean, like you think about things like that. It doesn't, you, doesn't compute. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't compute, but you bring up a great name. That's, I mean, we're, cause we're talking about Marlo. Marlo obviously had the uh, alternate captain patch on his Jersey for last season. And mm -hmm. who else was going to get that, especially when they're rolling out four of them. But right now, you know, it's, uh, I mean, Cooch is obviously the captain. It's, it's Carlson. It's Burns. Hurdle, hurdle, yeah. How how do you not give Ferraro that that other A if you're going to continue to roll four? You know, yeah. I mean, it's not obviously it's not my decision to make, and there's other factors that I will never see. But Ferraro, they talked about it last year, and I think Bugner even alluded to it as him being like part of the heartbeat of the team. Which for a second year player, yeah, that's really special to have some. And like Bob Bugner, it's not like he had a cup of coffee in the NHL. He knows what's <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, and for him to say that, and I, people got on Bugner last year because they said he was too, too honest. I loved his unabashed honesty. I oh, thought him he and was couture. Yeah. You know, I said, <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of times where Bugner and say, and that was the thing that I appreciated of course, like, if you could take one silver lining out of the pandemic, it was the fact that, you know, little dog and pony shows like ours were actually given access to those zoom calls where we could you know kind of hear because sometimes to be fair the sometimes a a a shark player might say something quote unquote impolitic or whatever that when the final video is released to the public eh, you see a little edit you know <laughs> and and i understand i get that but to look at there was a few times where bugner straight up said it's like yeah needed to save we didn't get it and yeah. I think that's the most honesty I've ever seen about the Sharks from a coach since the days of Daryl Sutter. <laughs> Bo Boogie, man, like he, what's what, what was really cool about Bugner last year, though, is that he was only really, really hot on a couple of occasions. Now, he was always honest, but the one time where I looked at him and I was like, man, he is going to go 
just he, he needs to get on a treadmill he needs to get like he needs to burn up it was when they scored i think they were up 4-1 in st louis and lost 5-4 and he was i mean he was visibly just it, like you know like you could see the blood rushing to his face after the game and i i understand like if you score four goals on the road you need to win that game and not lose five to four well but like for the most part i felt like he was able to compartmentalize everything was, that was going on which i thought was really much to his credit but the fact that he did that while not losing his cool but at the same time being really really honest i thought that was a really unique perspective and the other great part of last year was eric carlson with the apple which would never have happened in person that not was so not that was close. so funny man because well it <laughs> threw me back to seinfeld the george costanza reference where he says I'll sound casual on the answering machine by eating an apple. That was the exact, that was all I could think of while I was watching him eat an apple on a zoom. I was like, this is incredible. This is absolutely incredible right now. Uh, I mean, no, the two, the two funniest moments, I think for me, when it comes to the zoom calls, it was, yeah, it was, it was Carlson with the apple, but it was Kanijov with the wig. The, oh yeah. Both, that was good too. That was those, good. Those yeah. were both great, but no, I, I gotta say, I was a little, uh, a little ticked off, you know, scotch where, uh, you know, Carlson was acting like, you know, he was just swinging it around in the room, scaring other guys, you know, with, with Apple, <laughs> not even close, not even close. And it's, and I, if anything, I almost, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to like blow smoke at, at the person who asked that. And I'm not sure who did. I don't know if it was, uh, I, rem I remember who it was. I won't, I won't, I won't name names, but I, I remember we can talk, we can talk off air, Yeah, but the I mean, thing it, is, it is, but it's not a, it's not a slam on them. I just feel like. I feel like the question was worded a little bit too ambiguously. Like it would have been like, is this your best game as a shark? And maybe the answer would have been different. But the thing is, is in terms of his best offensive game, that did match his point total for a game in his best offensive game, I believe. Because it, yeah, it was discussed. People were yeah. like, he reacted a little bit. And like, I get it. Because like, he's probably had games that had like bigger goals or had like bigger moments. So sure. that's probably the context of which he was thinking of it, but like by the sheer numbers, it's a one thousand percent valid question. I think he just because it was you know regular season and it wasn't you know different situation, and plus like you know I think, I think it needed he, to be phrased as a shark. Yeah, probably. That's all. Yeah, it but, was. <laughs> but but it, like that's it, the thing is like moment. yeah oh I thought you know I thought it was great like it was I thought it was so funny like I for, I forgot those were the same games actually I just thought the apple was hilarious oh no it it was spectacular but you know from from somebody who you know you know me I'm like massive sharks fan uh, not the biggest Carlson fan admitted admittedly uh, but when I see that and it's like you know let me do, what are you writing right now minus twenty two. And you know, and you're sitting here acting like you're king shit. And I'm gonna plus like I was talking to Drew about this the other day. Plus minus, I'm not because no, it's it's yeah. I, I would no. We we talk about this on our show all the time whenever it gets brought up, and it's oh, it's such a stupid stat. And it's like no one's saying it's the end all be all. It's yeah. one of it's many one of many indicators. Yeah, as Marty Lurie many. would say, it's a mosaic. It's part of there the tapestry. Oh, I love um, that. Love I will. That. I will say though that. Uh, Carlson looks like he's in phenomenal shape. That's what I've heard. Like uh, I, who I saw knew that him, all that hair was weighing him down. He should go like you and Drew and just be like he'll be just super and still fast. be just a thousand times better looking than me. Yeah. <laughs> like 
because that's that's I, I you know when I look at guys like like Eric Carlson, like our friend in New York who ju- who's just retiring now, I'm like I just never had a chance. Like I don't know what my wife sees in me because there's men who are so much better looking than me. But uh, and you know Eric Carlson is one of them. But he, I feel like if he shaved his head, I'd be like really man, now you're just showing off. <laughs> well, from what I understand, he like spent the entire summer. In San yeah, Jose. In San like, Jose, yeah. Like and he, I guess he was training with the uh, Ozzy Weisblatt, I think, I, who... I, I, yeah, that's which I've is really similar. Yeah, which is really cool, which I good for Ozzy. Like, he's another guy whose positioning is excellent out there. If you, if you, I don't know if you've watched his YouTube highlights. I've seen um, a few, yeah. Yeah, like, I, his positioning, he's very good at receiving the puck. Um, Bordalo is another guy. Always, he's just... But see, in, that's... Uh, here's the thing, though, is that... You know, the the press, like you're saying, you know, they love to latch onto the negative things or whatever. And so yeah. the majority of the content that you're going to hear, it's going to be like, oh, my God, these ridiculously long contracts for Couture and Burns and Vlasic and, and all that. I, but I'm I get telling that. You, I, but I'm telling you, though, in five years, when you get a Bortolo and a Weisblatt and Weatherby grows up a little Dude, bit more Jasper, in Eklund, yeah. and it's just like, you know what? I'll tell you right now. This might be a good time to get like good tickets for the Barracuda, especially in their new arena that comes <laughs> Dude, out. That next new season. arena is going to be sick. Did you watch the special that was on? Watch the, the special. I walked through the thing the, like a week ago. <laughs> I, yeah, but I'm just like for anybody who hasn't seen it, I, I don't know. They played it during the stream of the development camp game, mm-hmm. and it was pretty much all about everything they're doing with that. And it looks incredible. And also, I know they're going to do some concerts there which is going to be awesome. So yeah, that looks incredible. But I will say this about the Sharks. There's a lot of naysayers. I don't think there is a scenario where you could walk to a coach in the NHL and say, you've got Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Mark Edward Vlasic, Logan Couture, Timo Meyer, um, Tomas Hurdle. Who's going to say that's a bad situation? Not a bad situation, but it just, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that I, for a while, I thought that the addition of Eric Carlson was subtraction by addition. I saw this team. I don't know. Like maybe it should have, maybe my vitriol should have been more targeted towards Evander Kane. I don't know. But for me, it was like in, in who was it? Brian Burke. I think it was Brian Burke talked about it. I think, um, who's the coach of the Patriots? Bill Belichick? Yeah, Belichick. <laughs> it, well, no, no. It's, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, is there a Patriots AHL team? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just that like Belichick was quoted as saying something like this. Burke, Brian Burke was quoted as saying something like this, where it was like, no matter what's going on, you don't, you don't lose your captain. He's the one who steers the ship. So when Pavelski left and... And then, uh, and Donskoy and Nyquist followed. It mm-hmm. was, you know, when those, when those things happened, Sharks were second in the league in scoring. And then the following year, they were like 28th. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was not good. But Nyquist it, really underrated, by the way. Oh, oh, so you're speaking hockey jerks language. We're going to get a hockey jerk on here in a minute. Hockey jerk, huge Nyquist fan. But that, you know, it was just the fact that those guys alone, it was like 54 goals, 112 points second in the league in scoring and then what did you do you those guys left 
and you gave a whole ton of money to Eric Carlson. Yeah. So well, of course, Eric Carlson's going to get the brunt of the vitriol because, well, what changed? Yeah. Well, you're going to say that the, the expectation was for more development from guys like Kevin LeBanc and Eric Carlson was never supposed to replace Joe Pavelski. Evander Kane was supposed to continue to develop into that role, which to Kane's credit, he was phenomenal yeah. last year. And you tracked it over 82 games. That is a great season. Oh, fantastic. But now the, the, situ now, the situation with Kane right now, we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know everything that people say about how bad the dressing room was last year and the year before. Cause you know, it was, it, it's, it, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in there, but um, see, that's the whole thing that does kind of drive me nuts is that, you know, the players, yeah, they're going to do their exit interviews uh, as they do with the media yeah. and to credit to, you know, to, to Mario's credit, you know, Ferraro came out and like apologized at the end of it. And he's like, you know, sometimes I might've been a little curt with you guys, but I was upset. It was like, I'm like, oh my God, no, you are amazing. You are forthcoming. <laughs> like you don't talk in, uh, in a lot of the cliches, which, uh, I don't know if you saw the back and forth with Dan Boyle and Brody on Brody's YouTube channel in the last day or so. No, Since I saw he did one with him a while ago, oh, but bro, bro, uh, Brody talked with Dan Boyle. It's on his YouTube channel, like a couple days ago, or maybe yesterday that came out. And Boyle's like first question was just kind of like, how many F-bombs can I drop? You know, well, dude, he's <laughs> one of, Boiler's one of the great all time talkers. He's my dad's favorite shark of all time, I believe, because he said that Boiler would tell it like it is yep. and would go on. You know, if my dad needed to go get a good quote about the sharks for his Sunday special for KCBS, he said Boyle was the guy. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and so he, uh, he, he seems to be ready to, yeah, just tell it like it is. Yeah. And I can't, I can't appreciate that enough, but there was sometimes where like, uh, some of the guys that it's just the cliches, the cliches. And sometimes you just kind of like have to, you know, call out, <laughs> call out something, what it is. That's one of the things that like, sometimes Curtis Brown, I feel like on the post game and I get his gig, he's there to pump tires, but sometimes it's like, we have to also acknowledge reality. And it's like, you know, if, if the power play hasn't scored in 15 games, yeah, and you and you know you go over to him and go, you know, what do you think is the 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 problem with the the power play right now? Well, I don't want to talk about that right now. I thought their penalty kill looked good. I'm like, no, no, no. We have to talk about everything in the game, <laughs> not just like the good stuff. Have you had Curtis on yet before then? Uh, no, we have tried to a couple times, but and, and in fact, we even tried to uh, dangle the carrot and say we can talk shit about Brody. We'll love it. Come on out, you know. And, and he's just like. <laughs> And he said, yeah, yeah, let me know when. And then never heard from the guy again. <laughs> well, I, I will try to facilitate that because Curtis is super cool. And uh, I, well, I guarantee I've met him a few times at, yeah. outside of the tank and he's willing to talk your ear off. Or what? Yeah, no, super cool guy. But uh, that, you know, that's the funny thing, too, is like guys like uh, whether it's a, a Randy or a Hetty or a Ruzi, yeah. they uh, I don't want to say embrace social media, but they're like, yeah, this is kind of a fun dabble thing. But then there are guys like Curtis Brown and Drew Remenda who are just like, no, social media can go jump off a goddamn cliff. <laughs> I, I, I get that. Like I, I social media is uh, it is a uh, it's a dangerous game just because yeah. people, you know, they people get themselves into a lot of stuff they should not. And uh, I'm thankfully I'm always wise enough to be like, should you tweet this, Ted? Like, yeah, no, you shouldn't.
Well, it's, people... it's the quintessential double-edged sword. It feels like. Yeah. I mean, I like I loved your tweet about uh, who put out that ridiculous. Oh, it wasn't about just Fossey. ESPN. No, no, I might talk to my it was brother AP? about this. It was well, AP did it. ESPN did it too. It said Fossey. It was like bowled over an all-star game by Pete Rose, dead at seventy-four. I was like, how about two-time all-star, two-time Gold Glover, two-time World Series champion, thirty-year broadcaster for the A's, and beloved member of the baseball community? Yeah, but that doesn't get the clicks. But that's you know so what I mean? stupid. Like, oh, I'm right the there. The guy with is you. known for. So, oh, I know. I was just like, who writes this? I was like, it's not just that it's lacking in description; it's completely tasteless. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, I'm like. I was saying, like, I don't think that when Don Zimmer died, it said Don Zimmer, who was <laughs> hitting over head, by, who was the over pitcher by Pedro, who, yeah, Pedro yeah. Martinez, or hidden head by fastball that led to Phil Rizzuto, you know, being the first guy to wear a, a batting helmet. I was like, I don't think it mentioned that. I think it probably talked about what a great baseball man he was, which is what they should have said about Ray Fossey. And I yeah. was worried about saying that last night because I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm reacting emotionally to this, and I was like, but screw it. I think this is a classless thing and I need to point this out. No, I, I totally agree with you. When I saw that, I was just like, what a ridiculous headline. But yeah. like you said, it would literally have been like, you know, Zimmer passes away, you know, known for being bowled over by Pedro Martinez. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's one of those things. Like, I don't think that was in his obituary. I think they said like, you know, one of the great baseball men of the, you know, the 20th century. <laughs> Could dies you imagine? In 83. Could you imagine like mad bum? passes away in the in the goddamn headline rather than like you know savior of 2014 game seven yeah. blah 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 one of the best was like, fell yeah, off be dirt bike yeah but no 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 it was like best postseason and it's like mad bum passes away at age whatever known for being told by yasiel puig to not look at him yeah <laughs> it's just like come on like who writes these things yeah it's it no it's uh believe you me and, like, and people were like ted he should get the pinks of him like no no he should not be fired he no. should be told to do better thank I like, you i do not i was like he did not lie he did not hurt anyone it just right. lacked taste and exactly. you need to have taste in those situations yeah i and i will and i totally agree with you on that They're like yeah. people are too busy out there trying to like take fire everyone or whatever yeah, yeah and it's just kind of like no sometimes people just need a little education and i get yeah. that you know, like it, there's, there's a generational gap there where people maybe felt that they used to maybe be able to make those jokes. And now they, you, know, you can't, or you shouldn't. I mean, you're clearly, you're allowed to make those jokes. There's just going to be ramifications now as yeah. we have clearly seen. And yeah, well, the difference between free speech and consequence free. Speech. Yeah, totally. Yeah. different. Yeah. Nobody put them in jail. No, exactly. <laughs> but NBC that didn't care for it. Yeah, they said thank you. Oh, and yeah. speaking of which, you know what? Here's a terrible segue. Uh, TNT and ESPN over. Have, have you watched TNT and ESPN? I didn't see the TNT. I watched ESPN. I didn't care for the camera angle that they used. They were using that NBA camera that was lower. And I, I was like, don't try and reinvent the wheel, guys. I'm like, with just you. give me the classic middle of the, of the rank going back and forth. That's all. That's all it takes for me. You will love TNT. Okay, good. TNT has been it knocked it out of the park last night, as far as I'm concerned. They they do a great job, and I mean, what's amazing is TNT has made their post game show bigger than the games itself for the NBA. So if they do that with the NHL, how is Gretzky? Because he back before he was always a little. He there's so I feel like Wayne Gretzky understands how much pressure is on him every time, because he is he is hockey. Yeah, Mr. Hockey. I mean, I know. No before, disrespect to Gordy Howe. No, I was anybody, like, it was Gordy yeah. Howe, 
and it became Wayne Gretzky. And there was a huge amount of pressure on Wayne Gretzky during that transitional time when he's breaking records, just like Patrick Marlowe understood. And I think Wayne Gretzky carries that with him everywhere he goes. Right? I will I see, I will tell you, Wayne, I thought did when they went to him, when he was, uh, when he didn't feel like the spotlight was on him, when he was trying to just be part of a, uh, you know, uh, just kind of contribute to the group. I thought he was fantastic. The thing that killed him, and if you went on social media, you I saw heard about it. this. Yeah, yeah. The the whoever was part of the hair and makeup department. Oof. It, yeah, the the hair <laughs> color. It's like, dude, you're like sixty something. Like, embrace it. Embrace yeah. the gray. Just fucking deal with it. <laughs> like, that part was. It was. You know, there were people making Giuliani references. Like, cool. you know, if they turn if they turn the lights up anymore, it's going to start streaking down the side. And it's just, dude, just embrace the gray. Remember you in that Nickelback video, Rockstar, where you're just out there with the mansion and swinging the stick, and, yeah. and the hair looks a little salt and pepper. Just, just go with that. Like, we don't. We all remember the highlights of you back yeah. in the day. It, it's okay. Embrace the gray. We all yeah. get older. I know. You know. I saw. I saw a picture. And I was like, "Ooh, that's not the best." But you know what? Like, it's an insecurity I don't have. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and neither do I. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, I was like, like, "It's you know." I uh, and now that I do find a couple, there have been like a couple grays, which I think like for thirty nine to not have any grays in my beard yet, I'm feeling pretty good about that. So, but I, I could understand why he might be sensitive about it, and like I try. I try to put myself in other people's shoes. Like maybe he is sensitive about it. Maybe he feels that as the great one. Yeah. He's always has, always has to be the great one. It's the great kind one. Of like you like know. There's, there's weird dynamics with things like that, that play in. And so like, I try, I try to be understanding because as like, I started going bald when I was 14, which that sucked uh, by the way. So like, I understand like maybe he's sensitive about it because at the time when I was in high school, people were like, Ted, you're losing your hair. I was like, yeah, I was sensitive about that. It's a little <laughs> bit more abnormal than going gray when you're 60 years old. But I like I'm trying like I try to be like maybe he was maybe he was like take the gray out. And it's a bit and when was he going to have more eyes than than last night? Yeah, but wow. You know, you don't see Joe Montana going, uh, can we lose some of the gray? You know, you don't see But Steve Joe's Young. but Joe was never the face of football the same way that Wayne Gretzky was the face that's, of hockey. That's true. Who okay, so at this point, then, who would you call the face of football? Is there one? Of the NFL? Uh, yeah. It's got to be Tom Brady, right? Yeah, but we're but that's a player. Yeah, I mean, but you're talking about somebody who's still in the game, whereas Gretzky's been gone for 20-some-odd years. Well, I mean. That's, you know, it's. I mean, it, this, it's is, this is, this is a. It, it, I mean, we're talking about a bigger issue with the NHL. NHL and baseball have this, where they. Mike Trout could walk down the street, and I don't think a lot of people would know who he was. But but to my point, though, Trout still playing. Like, who is Mr. Yeah. Baseball to you? We talking Hank Aaron? We talking all time? Yeah, yeah. Well, just I mean, isn't Gretzky all time Mr. Hockey? Yeah, no, he is. It's an interesting dichotomy yeah. to get into. It you is. Know, that it Gretzky is. It is. really personifies hockey, where I don't know that you can say that about the other three sports. No, it's different, which again goes into the whole thing of him being in a unique situation where yeah. again, maybe he didn't want he wants to in the I mean, when you take away all his goals and he's still the all-time points leader, <laughs> yeah, it, there is an invincibility about him. And I'm sure 
there's, I mean, that's a lot of pressure on a guy to constantly know that you are hockey. And I'm sure Gordy Howe felt that previously. Well, but you, you look at, uh, like, uh, Alexander Ovechkin embracing the gray, <laughs> but, he, but, but, but Ovi's always been kind of like, he's a wild man. Like he oh, doesn't, he, he doesn't try no and be a perfect, no <laughs> you know, like where, you know, I'm trying to think like Mario Lemieux, uh, Mark Messier, like he, these, these are other, the big names, Yarmir Yager, you know, like, well, I don't know. Yager seemed to give no Fs either. Well, but I mean, we're talking Lundqvist, about a guy, a guy who put on social media, like, like let some girl that yes. was sleeping next well, to him. Well, he didn't let her. <laughs> she did that. Well, yeah. And he was like, yeah, so I scored. What's the problem? But Henrik Lundqvist <laughs> did. He always wanted to be the perfectly quaffed oh. sartorial spender, splendor model looking guy. King Hank. Which, yeah. Which again, if I had that ability to be the look like a God, I would probably take advantage of it too. <laughs> like, cause the, the only other guy that I think if we're talking about sports, even though Ronaldo and Messi are still playing, David Beckham is still the guy and David Beckham. Every time you see him in public, I just go, well, that's just not fair. Yeah. Dude's <laughs> chiseled. Yeah. Yeah. And he's another one where, and he's aging very gracefully. You know, it's as I'm sure there are probably women who are the same age as Elizabeth Hurley who say that's not fair. Oh, my Lanta. Uh, do not get me started on Elizabeth Hurley. That is not fair. That is so not fair. I don't understand what genes, what diabolical DNA was involved there, but that is an amazing. Well, like, I hate it. Well, this is when people are like, and, oh, and the fact talk that she's a mother. People will talk about Jennifer <laughs> Lopez and they'll be like, oh, plastic surgery. I'm like, I don't care how much plastic surgery you gave to me. Like clearly she is going to the gym and not eating any sugar and yeah, she, like this, this is not surgery. This is her treating her body like a temple. Now she has the money to do it yeah. just like David Beckham does. And just like Wayne Gretzky does. And well, just like and Tom Brady does. Thing. It's like how chiseled would we all look if we all could afford our own personal trainers and nutritionists, but they also <laughs> feel that they, I think there's pressure to look that way, yeah. which again gets back into Gretzky, maybe not wanting to, show the salt and pepper of which point you do like it's a whole no one is ever going to judge me the way they judge tom brady like that's that's just how it comes down to it. no one's ever going to judge me the way that they would david beckham <laughs> for better or for worse <laughs> oh my lord i don't know what we started talking about 20 minutes ago but i really enjoyed this conversation <laughs> yeah, dude it's it's always fun man uh but my uh, you know, if I want to wrap it up, you know, go to the the Western Digital Sharks and SAP Center app to listen to the Sharks <laughs> Audio Network live, or you can go to uh, sjsharks.com and the listen live is on the side. You can also go to, uh, you know, iTunes and Spotify and Google and get all the podcasts. If you search San Jose Sharks, our podcasts come up right at the top. Yours does too, though. So, hey now, <laughs> good job. Uh, so, fans, I'm assuming. All 82 games can expect the morning after to find the morning tide available to them with uh, the great clips from the locker room and, and, and my, all the my stuff hot that takes. Used to. Yeah. I, you know, you'll get my reaction from the game players reactions, uh, you know, talking with her last year was really hard to talk to broadcasters because everybody was playing constantly yeah. and you had a condensed 56 game schedule. Um, but yeah, it'll always be there. Um, and we'll, we'll also have the morning of game number one. 
We'll have a morning tide to start off the season on Saturday morning and then on Sunday morning and then the various other, um, the various other uh, games and, you know, well, and the other podcasts and everything. I mean, it's all, it's all on there. Well, all sharks, I, baby all day, all night. If Remenda going to be doing a lot of these road games, I'm assuming that he'll have some, uh, some nice quips to, I would hope to, so to offer you. I would hope. So. But the thing is when they're traveling, they, they're kind of on the, the team schedule. So they might, the team schedule might not include a phone call with Teddy. So that is yeah. always, but we'll, but that's why I'm going to try and bring in the other broadcasters and for other games, when we're doing stuff, I'm going to try and get drew on as well. So there there's always, there's always going to be time for drew. So realistically, like, don't, I don't want the Pollyanna Curtis Brown outlook. I uh, realistically, you look, these at, are Curtis. Like, if you watch this, these are AJ's takes. No, uh, so, no, we talk about it. It's just, it's just cause that one time when it's like, they threw to him about the, the horrific power play. And he's like, I don't want to talk about that. Well, come on. That's the elephant in the room. Damn it. But you look at this schedule now, look, most people are saying that the Pacific, uh, not the strongest division aside no. from Vegas. Now, the, the funny thing, of course, is that the various models, everybody's got all their statistics that they throw into the blender and see what the module spits out. And I've, I've seen one where it was Seattle at 107 points and Vegas at 105. And I'm like going, I don't know what the guy. And the best part is that he had the Sharks at three, at I think at like 100 points. And I'm going, Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. Yeah. But realistically, the you know the the most whether it's uh, Vegas, ESPN, all the 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 prognosticators, they have the Sharks, and 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 I was one of them. To be honest, I you know I as soon as I got the schedule, I started writing down every. Oh, is this the right one? I thought it was this one, but anyway, I started writing it down and I spit it out, and I was like. I go through this. I see 86 points at best. Last time I looked, that is not going to get you in the playoffs. Uh, what do you think? And I, and, and honestly, you have to take into account too, that is as great as training camp has been without Evander Kane. And I'm not saying that him not being there is the reason why it was so great. Uh, because look, you know, two years ago, Peter DeBoer came out and said this, not, not our best camp. And -hmm. then we saw what happened a couple months later, he was gone. And so Bugner had to sidle in. We all know that he was dispatched from Florida before that, before, you know, after leaving the sharks and then last season, you know, they had this, they were the only team that had to relocate for their preseason and all of that stuff so this is literally the first time that Bugner gets a solid preseason with this group you look at all the exhibition games you know they went three two and one the ones that they lost were very close but they also you look at the skills competition that they had last weekend there are smiles on faces that we haven't seen in a while yeah. like it seems like they're enjoying playing with each other again I'm not saying that's because a player isn't there right now, but how do you think this team shakes out realistically based on, you know, the, the competition that they're going to have? Cause most people are saying, you know, well, Vegas and Edmonton, you know, just, just put them up as one and two and yeah. everybody's going to fight mm-hmm. for that three, four spot. I mean, hopeful me says, vying for one of the final playoff spots 
That's hopeful me. More realistic me says fifth or sixth in the division. Mm -hmm. That said, like I alluded to earlier, I don't think I'm going to be that surprised if the team finds themselves in a better position because you do have these players like Eric Carlson and Brent Burns who could have a bit of a renaissance. And I don't think that's a wild take to have, right? Well, Burns is a, you know, he's a fitness freak. Yeah. Like, look at what, like, listen, the Giants, Crawford, Belt, Posey, past their prime, past their prime, past their prime, and then what happened this year? <laughs> like, Only I'm not, just, like, killing it for the Giants. Yeah. Well, well, but to be fair, Posey... But to be fair, Posey took all of last season off, but go yeah. ahead. But, I mean, I it's not fair to make cross-sport comparisons to a historically good year. Yeah. However, it shows you that guys can recapture form. Yes. And I think that if there is a recapturing of form, then the Sharks suddenly become much, much more dangerous and potent. So, you know, I, I feel like that is a possibility. So, and I, and I, and I hope that that possibility comes to fruition um, because there it's, you know, it's, it's more fun when the team is good. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's to, to, to coin a phrase from Drew Remenda, I go five guys, five guys. Yeah. A, and if you you need to uh talk to drew as at the next time you talk to remenda ask him hey what is this that aj told me about daryl sutter and five guys he will tell you one of the funniest stories you've ever heard all right i will ask but, but for me five guys it's it's mark edward vlasic mm -hmm. it's eric carlson it's timo meyer it's kevin lebank and it's aiden hill that's you know those are the five yeah. guys for me it's like can Carlson, Le I mean, you look at it a couple of years ago, LeBanc and Sorensen each potted 17 goals. And Doug Wilson was saying, we think these guys can score 20. Yeah. And then what happened? <laughs> you know, right in Sorensen, we all know he signed a four-year deal with Sweden. So he's gone. But it's, you know, can, can LeBanc come back? Because let's be honest, LeBanc was projected to be, you know, top six guy. Where has he been stapled to the entire preseason third line yeah so can he fight his way back up remains to be seen timo is he that's a guy that since he signed his big contract has been mm. he's got a timo's got to come out hot in particular this year he's yeah. the archetype for the modern power forward and he's got to he's got to stack up to a uh to a higher level exactly I mean, he, he he started to get it late in the year last year but it wasn't there early and it, that was the same thing in 2019 2020 so he's Timo is a guy that I am specifically looking at. Oh, absolutely. Um, like he's got to, he's got to be up to his capability. And, but the, yeah. the five guys it's, you know, like I said, Vlasic needs to have that bounce back. Uh, Timo LeBanc, but the other one, Eric Carlson, you, you are the highest paid defenseman in the league. Yeah. You know, if, if highest you, paid player, right? Highest paid defenseman. No. Have you heard of Connor McDavid? <laughs> I know but for this specific season. No, 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 no. He's the okay. highest paid defenseman, not the okay. highest paid player. No, Connor McDavid, I think. Because he signed an eight-year, $100 million deal, right? No, uh, eight-year, 92 mil, 11 and a half per year. Yeah, and this year, Carlson's getting 14. Uh, yeah, but I'm talking, you know, AAV, not, you know, actual okay. salary. No, because this, this specific year, I saw somebody talking about it with the uh, – 
with the money, they said that no one will feel the uh, <laughs> feel it more than Eric Carlson. This one, this one specific season. No, I'm looking. No, no, no. He well, okay. I understand why. If you go on cap friendly, so average value AAV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's eleven and a half this year. If you break it down by salary this year, fourteen and a half for Carlson. Yes. Yes. 12, yeah. 12 next year, 11 yeah. and a half the year after that, then 11, then nine, then 75. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, basically it all comes down to cap hit and AAV. Yeah. But his cap hit highest among defensemen. Okay. So he's the guy. And then Aiden Hill, like I understand you, you know, like Martin Jones put up 896 over three straight years. And that's the reason why I kind of go back to the whole, you know, a lot of people rag on me because, oh, dude, you're just in love with Pavelski and Nyquist and Donskoy. No, I'm not in love with those three players specifically. Yeah. I'm in love with the offense that they provided. And it wasn't, you know, replaced. No. And so I look at with Carlson, or I'm sorry, with Aiden Hill, is that, well, what happened three years ago when you had Pavelski, Don, Donskoy, and Nyquist? you went to the the western final yeah right and and martin jones put up an 896 <laughs> and then the following year what happened martin jones put a, a, up an 896 you missed the playoffs the next year after that 896 you missed the playoffs well what was the difference here because it certainly wasn't martin jones <laughs> i mean you cannot be more consistent were the numbers horrible yes but they were consistently horrible so that's what i want to see is can aiden hill and from what I understand, when you listen to uh, the, the stuff that comes out of camp, evidently he's way more aggressive than Martin Jones. And I will tell you right Dude, now, yeah. Brett Hedekin was on NHL Network Radio either last week or the week before. Might have delivered more honesty than more people than not were willing to like hear where he basically kind of called out Martin Jones and said there was times that he saw Jones in practice where Jones looked like Okay, you know, what are we doing? You know, where Aiden is, he's evidently coming over to the bench at every break going, hey, let's go. What's going on? Hey, you know, like he's very aggressive. He's very talkative where Martin was very passive. And it seems like the the sharks are responding to it. Yeah, they're just kind of like, hey, man, look at this fucking guy. He's (laughs) jacked, man. Let's go. You know, like they... You know, you see stuff like that just for, I mean, I'm sure when you, you play team sports, I, but you know, it's like play softball, whatever. You always have that one goofball on the team. This is kind of like trying to hype people up and it's like, what do you need a, 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 you know, a different beer? Come on, get out there, hit the fucking ball, you know? And like, and those guys, they break the tension and they loosen you up. And that to me is, you know, I looked at this and like I said, I projected the, the sharks to do 86 points at best. And I'm, um, you know, now when I, when I threw that on there, I didn't know about Eklund and what he was going to do. You know, this is just yeah. before camp. You know, I, I wasn't sure about Eklund. I wasn't sure about Kane, but I also thought that Kanijov was going to be starting. I thought Barabanov might be in the top six, Yeah, but we've seen, you know, let, and I think, man, we're going to learn a lot in these first 20 games. Like, can Eklund make the long haul? Can Is Jonathan Dolan, you know, worth the He's one-way contract? Yeah. Yeah. That, it'll, it'll, that one-way contract, a lot of people kind of went, mm, I don't know about it. We'll see. 
it'll be interesting, man. Like, I think we're going to learn a lot, but uh, I'm glad that we've got 82 games, and I'm glad that we have hockey back with us in October because that's this is how it's supposed to be. I'll put it that way. That's what I'm saying. So, Ted, thank you once again so much for joining us on the show. Uh, we're we're going to move over to Giants baseball right now, which is top of the fourth, two men down, Logan Webb. Uh, well, that's not going to be good. Anyway. <laughs> well, oh, no, I'm sorry. Logan. I thought Logan Webb was hitting. I'm sorry. He's oh. pitching right now. <laughs> is there but a anyway, score? I haven't. I haven't uh, yet. Nothing, nothing right now. Yeah, that sounds about right. Top four. We'll check back seven. in the 14th. So. Yeah, there you go. Oh, please don't. Please don't. Hey, you know what? Before we go off, I want to get I, I want to get an outsider's perspective on this. Sure. Just to uh do you think that the athletics should completely abandon the Coliseum site if they don't get Howard Terminal? Uh you mean like move? You know, well, like yeah, well, it's just Vegas? kind of like I mean, I mean they're very much like, you know, you've heard uh Caval say terminal or terminal or bust. And it's basically, they're basically, you know, they're saying Howard Terminal, then Vegas, then Henderson, then Portland, then something else. And then maybe we'll th consider the Coliseum. I no, just, I mean, I don't, I don't think they should abandon it because it's the most easily accessible stadium in the world, maybe. Thank uh, you. But the thing is, and I, and I argue with people about this, is that it's not just about the game anymore. You need to have the bars and the restaurants and the shopping, which is what you're competing with at, Oracle Park in San Francisco, that China Basin area. When there was nothing there after 49ers games, when my dad was working for the Niners. He would drive me and my brother past that. He'd be like, This is where the Giants stadium is going to be. And be like, There's but nothing you here. Went, yeah, I was going to say, but when you went by it back in like 96, 97, yeah. it was a hole. Yeah, but there, but it's like the difference there is there was nothing there. It was warehouses versus the area around the Oakland Coliseum there is stuff there. It's just not a, uh, it, you can't, it's industrial. You can't. Yeah. You, and it's also, there's, there's people that live around there. You can't also just like redevelop the entire area because you want to put in restaurants and shops, but have you, know? you, have you, yeah, but have you, okay, here. So here's my point is, have you looked at the development? Uh, I wish I could remember what it is called off the top of my head. I guess it's called like West something Westgate or something West but it's the development that the the arena that the Arizona Coyotes are currently playing in. Mm -hmm. You look at that from like a Google satellite view or whatever. It's that whole entertainment district. In fact, I think that might be what it's called, like the Westgate Entertainment District. Okay. But it's a whole thing of like, uh, you know, like there's batting cages over there and there's a sports bar here and there's a hotel there. And it's like, there's a whole bunch of entertainment stuff surrounding the venue that, that the coyotes play in. Now, granted the location that it is in is like 25 minutes outside of Phoenix, like that part. Yeah. Okay. That's not that great, but the Coliseum site at 66th is right not, in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not, you know, that far away from downtown, very accessible from 880 and, and BART. But you look at that site on uh, Google Satellite, you could easily fit that into the same site that that the Oakland Coliseum, uh, the arena and the parking lot fill and still have like a little space left over. And for me, it's just kind of like, well, you've lost the Raiders already. You've lost the Warriors. You have the, you, you, yeah, for Christ's sakes, you lost your indoor football team already. 
<laughs> you know? So it's kind of like in, in chase center, brand new venue, plus people play at SAP. Like if mm -hmm. you want to draw people in like, yeah, okay. You did some nice renovations to the Oakland arena back in the mid to late nineties. I mean, I, I, I saw a lot of concerts there. I saw day on, on the green at Coliseum multiple times, but it's just kind of like, I feel like that whole area just needs to be scraped and be a blank canvas and build it into like a great entertainment district. Like I get Caval wants the nice waterfront ballpark. I just feel like completely discounting that area, I think does them a disservice. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, the option that keeps the A's in Oakland is the one I want, you know? Right. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, like and, that's, see, and, and I'm not a that's the whole thing is like I'm not even a an A's fan, but I'm not a hater, you know. Like I I, the, I like that I like yeah. I still like having both teams here because it gives me as a fan the option of it's like, hey, you know what? It's like, yeah, I'm a Giants fan, I want to root for the Giants, but it's it's nice to go see a game against the Texas Rangers or right. the, the Yankees or the Red Sox, you yeah. know. Or just to just here's the thing, here's my this is the dirty secret of the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> when have you ever gone to an A's game and said, boy, this sucks. I wish I was at a new stadium. Yeah. Never. No. Ne Every time I'm there, I'm like, this is amazing. I, I crushed beers with my friends in the parking lot and played cornhole, right. threw a football around, threw a baseball around. We barbecued. Then I went in and it was not overwhelmingly expensive. And I got to sit next to my friends and have a great time and watch great players. And the tree house is a blast. That's oh, great. Yeah. Every, every, listen, it sucks that it, the, the, the stadium is old and does not have everything to offer that everything else does. But didn't people learn from the field of dream games this summer that like the minimalist nature of baseball is kind of sexy. Yeah. It's just like, listen, SAP center is incredible but I could watch the sharks on a perfect rink. Cause you need the playing field's gotta be perfect. You know, if you, if the playing field's fine, I'll watch them anywhere. It's great that you can go to the sharks and get awesome food and awesome drinks and awesome souvenirs and all these things. But to me that it's not, it's not the paramount. You can also get other things out of that, which are going to be, you know, great experiences for you when you, go to a game like hey, you can you're you're talking to a guy who went to san francisco spiders and bulls yeah. games i still have a spiders hat and a bulls shirt so oh i i have two spiders jerseys hanging in my closet man nice. <laughs> nice. yeah oh i was all about i got a pin somewhere that's like you know yeah. inaugural but, but, here, game. but here, here's the deal these sporting entities they they know they have us hooked and yeah. all the other things that are with it they're trying to entice new people they're trying to get you to come in because if you go and you go to a restaurant and go to a bar and go to the game and you have a great time. You're likely to do it again if you're not a hardcore sports fan. And so they get those people to buy in and that's great. Whatever it takes to turn those people into a fan. When you have those other avenues, it allows you to create fans in different ways because people associated it with it a great day. But here's the thing, even when the sharks or the A's or the warriors or the earthquakes or whoever it is, you go to those games, win or lose, you're never upset that you went to the game. No. Now I've gone to concerts and been like, I wish I hadn't spent my money on that. <laughs> I've gone to restaurants and I've been like, I wish I hadn't spent my money on that. But never once have I gone to a sporting event and been like, wow, that wasn't worth it. It's always worth it. <sighs> oh yeah. No, there's been, there's been more than a couple of concerts where I went, I can't believe yeah. I wasted money on this. <sighs> All right. Uh, man, talk about going long. Uh, thank you so much 
for joining as always. I'm sure we're going to catch up with you again quite yeah. soon as the season progresses. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see you at the tank opening night and, uh, and, and let's see what 82 games brings us this season. Go Sharks. <laughs>